You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. I want to give you some definitions of soul, but, but the definitions are uh, primarily based upon Scripture. Uh, first definition, the soul represents the heart or the mind of a person. The heart or the mind of a person. Second, the heart or the soul represents the conscious part of a person in reference to a person being aware of his or her surroundings. It is my soul that, that makes me aware of certain things that are, that are taking place in my body as well as in my, in my surroundings. My soul. When I start to feel things, especially in a natural way, it is my soul that allows me to, to feel such. And the final definition of, of soul is based upon Genesis 2 and 7. When God form man from the dust of the earth, he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living being, a soul. He received animated existence. At that moment, he became conscious of everything that was around him. The eyes did not work until his soul became animated. And so the soul is very important when it, when it comes to to us and we, we have to make sure that when it comes to us being conscious of our surroundings that we don't allow our consciousness to hinder us from living by faith. Because some things that you are aware of will try to control you. I said some things that you become aware of will try to control you. And we don't need to be controlled by 
anything or anybody saving God or that which pertains to him. If I'm going to be led, I want it to be, according to John 16 and 13, to be led by the Holy Spirit who will guide me not just into some truth, but all truth. It's one thing to be friends with a person. It's one thing to even love a person, but never allow that person to be your guide. Woo! Okay, we're trusting a person so far, but you never trust anybody completely save God. I love my preacher. Don't trust your preacher 100%. And only follow your preacher as he follows the word. Amen? Amen. But you have to be conscious of your, your surroundings. Whether we're talking about a thing, a person, so forth. You have to be conscious of your surroundings. You with me? And so... We want to consider, biblically speaking, uh, how important it is to know exactly what the Bible has to say in reference to the soul. Let's go to Proverbs 13. Let's start there. Proverbs 13. And keep in mind the definitions that, uh, that I gave you. Proverbs 13, and consider, consider verse 4. Ready? The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing. God have mercy. The soul of a lazy man, or the mind of a lazy man, desires and has nothing. In your mind, you can see yourself in it. <laughs> and that, that, in, in one sense, that's a good thing, to see yourself in it. But then when you don't put forth any effort, Whether you like it or not, you're a lazy person. Man, I really want to do well. And you just, if, if I can just have this right here, everything would just work out just so wonderful for me. And, and it's good to see it, to talk about it, to put it in, in writing, to come up with a strategy, so forth and so on. But if you don't do it, you just a lazy person with a dream. I'm not, I'm not leaving the text. I'm still on the text. Let me get the text one more time with me. You ready? If you're ready, help me read it on one. One. You desire, but you don't have. Nothing. 
And to get mad if somebody call you lazy. Well, you the one who said you were going to fix that car, and that was 10 years ago, and it's still in your driveway. I mean, <laughs> yeah, one day I'm going I'm to fix it up. I'm going to paint it. I'm going to get some new wheels and everything. And that was 10 years ago. Pastor, it may have been 10 years, but you don't know what all been going on and what I've been waiting for. Well, I'm just saying, it's been 10 years ago, so based upon the verse you are. The soul of a lazy person desires, but has Nothing. I done been in a place where I didn't have nothing. That's not a good place to be. I want to have. I done been without money, but I don't want to be there no more. I done been where I just looked through the window and wished. Don't want to be there no more. If I look and wish and my desire is real, I need to put forth the effort I use my God-given ability to make it happen. If I don't, I'm a lazy soul. I'm lazy. And some folks, them fighting words right there. Them fighting words right there. Let's go further. Let's go to Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15 and 32. Ready? He or she who disdains instruction despises his own soul. I'm a grown man. You can't tell me nothing. He who disdains instruction despises. One meaning of despises is to hate his own soul. Do you hate yourself? 
when you are told the right thing to do, but you make the choice not to do it, you hating yourself. Whenever God tells you to do something that's going to make you better, your situation better, and so forth, and you don't do it, you hate yourself. That's what we get from this proverb. One thing you have to love about a proverb, it, it basically gives you the naked truth. Brother, you don't need to go there because if you go there, that's going to cause you to go back instead of forward. You may not want to hear that, but you need to hear it. How many have ever realized that there are some things you really don't want to hear, but you need to hear Some things you really want to touch, you just don't need to. Some folks, you, you, wouldn't have, you wouldn't mind hanging with them, but you just don't. Certain instructions will make you mad at the person. I said certain instructions will make you mad at the messenger. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And and you can know that it's right, but you'll still be mad. I better just <laughs> test this one right here. Ask somebody, have have you ever been told something? And you knew it was right. But it still made you mad. And then we'll try to fix it. Well, if he would have said it better. There's certain things you say, it, it don't matter how you say them. You... you need to clean up this room. It's nasty. It's a reflection of you. I knew the room was nasty. But he didn't have to see us a reflection of me. Well, whose room is it? Mine. <laughs> see, see, that's the reason you really have to see the depth of this verse right here. When you disdain instruction. You hating on yourself. Certain folk, like a pastor, will put in your life, not to be your buddy, but to give you knowledge and understanding in the form of instruction to make you better. You have to look at some of what I'm teaching you as, as yeah, it's, it's going to step on your toes sometime, but, but it's given to you to make you better. I said it's given to you to make you better. And, and you, have to, you have to stay focused. 
You, you have to stay focused in that you have to see first and foremost that the revelation I'm giving you is stemming from the verse that I'm giving you. It's according to the text. And, and the deeper I go in revelation, the more personal it's going to become. God has a way of showing you you. And everything about you is not wonderful. Let me just go ahead and fix that a little bit. Say to your neighbor, you're a wonderful person. But everything about you is not wonderful. How can you say that? that that's certain thing you don't want me to know about you. Everything about you is not. You're a wonderful person, but everything about you is not. There are certain things you don't want your wife to know about you. I'm an open book. No, you're not. You've been looking at Lifetime too much. Come on now. You ain't no open book. Some of us got certain pages we don't want folk to see. But there are a number of us, we got chapters we don't want folks to see. <laughs> Whether it's a page, pages, or chapters, there are certain things about you. You don't want nobody to know except God. I give y'all some testimonies. Yes, I will. I give you some testimonies. You be, oh man, pastor would like that. But in certain testimony, you ain't gonna never hear. You ain't gonna never hear a certain testimony. What you got to hide, pastor? A whole lot. That's the reason I'm glad that he covered it with his blood. Hallelujah. You got to love instructions that, that are sent to make you better. Certain things that, that you're told to do, whether it's on a daily basis, a weekly basis, or, or periodically, that are based upon Scripture, are designed to make you better. That's, that's one of God's missions, to make you better. Beloved, I, above all, that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul does. It's got to start with the soul. Got to start with your mind. Got to start with your heart. Got, got to start with you learning how to deal with your surroundings. Got to deal with your surroundings. If you don't deal with your surroundings, your surroundings will start controlling you. 
you'll get to the point to where you, you, you ain't wearing your pants like a man because... Your soul is conscious of the trend and you are allowing the trend to control you. You will stop being a lady in public and step out the door looking like a tramp. Hold on now because old folks used to call folk that stepped out the door the wrong way. She ain't nothing but fast. And then in their private conversation, she just a little old slut. Your surroundings can change you for the worse. Or the better. You can be the example that separates the good from the bad. The unclean from the clean. The holy from the unholy. But it's your choice. It's reading you. You have to Control your soul. You got to control your soul. You got to make sure that, that you're making the right choices. Because that there are some things that can grab your awareness or your attention that, that will pull on you to the point to where you will start acting all out of character. You have to make sure. And when you allow something to get you out of character, it will cause you your prosperity. Yes, it will. It'll cause you your prosperity. And remember, when we talk about prosperity as well, well as 3 John 2, we, we ain't talking about no money. You can do something low down and make money. You can lie every day and make money. You can actually make money because of how good you lie. You can, you, you can actually strip, take pictures of yourself, male or female, and make money. You can put yourself in a degrading position and folk will pay you for that. Your mouth can have nothing come out of it but trash and folk will pay you for it. Having money and prosperity, biblically speaking, are not the same. Money in scripture first and foremost it is a tool. 
It's just a means of, of, of doing things that can lead to prosperity. But when you say prosperity in the world, point, it's point blank talking about money. And when, it, and when prosperity in the world is, is, is associated with money, we have to bring in scriptures like 2 Timothy 6, which tells us that when you get to the point to where you're willing to do anything to get some money, you love it. And biblically speaking, the love of money is the root. To all kinds of evil. And look at your neighbor and say, hold on. Because you can love money and not have a dime of it. <laughs> Woo, you better tell somebody, you can love money. See, when it comes to your soul, you, you cannot be selfish. You cannot be controlled by yourself. You can't do that. You, you cannot allow your desires to control your choices. Your desires from a human standpoint. Yeah, because there's some things we, we desire that, that are wrong. Did y'all hear anybody right in now? <laughs> look, look at somebody out of eye and say, it's certain things you desire, things you desire. that are wrong. Did that person respond? Yeah. Not me. I'm saved. Yeah, you, you saved. That, that does not take away from you being a Christian. But because there's a wrestle between the spirit and the flesh, selfishness is there. And there are certain things that from your soul, you desire and they're selfish and not right. Hmm. I hope she don't get it. You know that's wrong. Don't want your own wife to get it. Your own cousin to get it. Your brother or your sister to get it. But sometimes that comes to us. That's when you have to put your flesh, yourself, or your soul under. Sometimes you have to put your soul under subjection, and sometimes you have to push your soul. Remember what I, what I read earlier? 
The soul of the lazy man desires and has what? You got to push yourself sometime before you be lazy. You may never call yourself lazy, but the evidence is all on your forehead, your chest, your knees, your feet. You, you understand what I'm saying? You can't be selfish. You can't be selfish. Because that's what your soul wants you to be is selfish. You can't be selfish. Jesus so understood it to where he told his disciples, if y'all even thinking about coming with me, I need you to, number one, deny your that was the first thing that he wanted them to do. Make sure they had, they had a check on their soul. Why? Be because certain choices he would, they would have to make if they were going to follow him that they wouldn't like. Oh, look at you now. Some of us in here, we'd be real right now. Everything Jesus told you to do, you, you did it out of obedience, not because you like it. Now y'all getting funny. <laughs> Have you liked everything that the Lord told you to do? And see, when you're selfish, you'll, you'll be to the point where you'll try to take scripture and make what you're doing right. Yeah, I drank. Jesus drunk. He was the one that furnished the, the wine for the party. If Jesus was here right now, and I brought some smart water in here, and he turned that smart water into wine, I'd drink it up him. And you would too. But he made water. into it he didn't he didn't mix something that was purposely for you to get tipsy with we just assume that what he made was like what we can buy it from the liquor house You can't find no wine that was made from 100% water nowhere. Unless Jesus making it in heaven. You understand what I'm saying? You, you, never, you never get to the point to where you allow your selfishness to try to take a scripture and make wrong right.
You know what I you know what I learned? I learned that if Walker wrong, he just certain things I don't even try to debate with folks about. If you're wrong, you're just and let me tell you something, you're gonna be wrong. In this life, you're gonna be wrong. In this life, you're gonna be wrong. I'm gonna be wrong. All of us gonna be wrong in this life. But we have to be to the point to where we follow instructions so we can get our soul right. Because the final resting place of the soul is going to be either in heaven or in hell. Just, just, depend, just depending on how we guide our soul. Yeah, you're, you're in charge of your soul. You're in charge of your soul to the point to where you have to make a choice whether you're going to do right in reference to being conscious of your surroundings or do wrong. It's your choice. But if, if you learn how to not be selfish, your soul going to change for the better. I got to show you this. Y'all hold on with me. Lord have mercy. Let's go to Proverbs 11. I lost some of my amens. But I got to tell you the truth. And the truth got to start with the preacher. He got to be first partaker. Proverbs 11 and 25. Y'all stay with me. Ready? The generous soul will be made rich. The generous what? The unselfish person shall be made rich. You're going to change for the better. And it's going to be your doing, but most of all, God's doing. Look at it. It's a making process. It's going to start with you because you're going to start making the right choices when it comes to your soul or to who you are. And then God, when he sees your obedience, he's going to bless you. Can't nobody bless you like Jesus. I say, can't nobody bless you like Jesus. Come here, Proverbs 10 and 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one. The generous soul shall be made. The generous or unselfish so shall be made rich. See, most folks, when they think about general, they think about the person 
that, that's just giving and giving and giving. No. We're sticking primarily to biblical definitions. The unselfish soul shall be made rich. That means every aspect of your life going to be changed for the better. Every aspect. When, 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 you are, when you become an unselfish person, you're going to prosper financially. And it's going to be God's doing because of your choices. It, it don't matter if you got the worst job in the world. God's still going to find a way of, of having somebody bless you. I don't know if y'all ever saw the journey of Abraham. Abraham was out of work and God had him going from one place to another. G get this. Abraham became a millionaire while he was not working. Now, I'm basing what he, what he did and what he accumulated upon our standards up today. But, but get this. Abraham would go places, and, and when he would leave the place, he had more when he left than when he showed up at the place. For various reasons, he, he, would, he would call, God would cause folk to be a blessing to Abraham. He just go in the city. Certain things happen. When he left that city, he had accumulated all kind of stuff. Just constantly kept. And, and I got to looking. I got to looking. I, I said, this man hadn't, hadn't been doing no work. He just been going from one place to another, obeying God. Obeying God though, the whole time. Just, just obeying God the whole time. Until finally he had, he had accumulated so much stuff, he got to the place where God, was, God had told him to go, which, which was, in hindsight, the promised land. When he, finally get, when he finally got there, God said, look, as far as you can see in every direction, he said, "Did what I'm going to bless you with. But he had his, his little nephew with him, a flunky. Now you read the text, you'll see why, why Lot was just a, primarily a flunky. He, he was very selfish. Because here Abraham brought him to the promised land with him. And, and so Abraham, he, I'm going to show you how unselfish he was. He, he said, you know what, Lot? He said, uh... You tell me what land you want. You tell me what you want, and, and, and I'll just sell it for whatever you don't want. And the Bible was so clear that, that Lot looked at how prosperous Sodom and Gomorrah looked. And y'all know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, how perverted it, it, it was. But when Lot looked, only thing he said, God, God, look how prosperous that is. Man, I can do something with that. And so that's what he chose. But he chose it out of selfishness. Somebody done helped you and they ask you, well, what you want? And you take the best part. You know that ain't right. 
they done took you to this real nice restaurant and they said, look, uh, whatever, whatever you want on the menu, you just go ahead and uh, you choose. I'm paying for it. You done found that. You didn't, they, didn't, they not only took you to the restaurant, now they're going to pay for your meal. Now, this is selfish right here. You don't, you don't even eat rarely the most expensive thing on the menu. But because somebody else is paying for, somebody else is paying for what is your most expensive item? I'll have one of those. And can I also get, and you said that getting everything, because you know that was a lot. That was a lot. He was very selfish. Very selfish. And, and understand this. That's the reason Lot never became rich. He never became rich. Even though he was in a rich place, a very prosperous place, he never became rich because he was so selfish. He got in that place, he, he, done, married, he, he done married a woman, but yet every man in the city was, or basically every man in the city was perverted. And get this. And he was afraid of them. He was afraid of them. He didn't even have his house in order. That's what his selfishness caused him. He had daughters. And, and because the men in the city were perverted, then none of the men want them. He didn't have no sons. They would have wanted his sons, but they did not want his daughters. Angels showed up to the city because God had got fed up. Get this, with a city that Lot was supposed to be over. Something that a blessed man gave him, he had allowed to become perverted. Remember, it all started with Abraham. You take what you want and I'll hold And he allowed a prosperous city to become perverted. Angels rushed in and said, said, said we got to get out of here. Now before that, the angels came to Abraham and said, look, we get ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, a lot's place. We get ready to destroy it. And Abraham said, look, suppose it's like a hundred rich folks down. Well, we'll let it, we'll spare it. Well, uh, suppose it's 50. We'll spare Well, suppose it's 10. We'll spare it. He went as low. Well, he went very low. But in Abraham's mind, he knew that basically the whole city was perverted. 
because Lot allowed anything to come in. Y'all hold on. Stay with me now. And so, the angel said, we're going to destroy this. He said, look, you need to get your family, and we're going and we fin we finna go. Because God going to send some fire and brimstone on this place. And so, when they, when they got ready to go, they was on their way out of the city. And the angels or the messengers that told them, said, look, Y'all don't need to look back. Is why one used to divine instruction. Who, in part, that was Lot's fault. He was the head of the. Woo! Y'all, I like y'all don't know your Bible. The husband is the head of the. Just as Christ is the head of the. What does Christ do for us? He gives us instruction. Righteous instruction. She got so far, even though the angels had told her, don't look back. Don't, do not look back. She got so far and just her selfish self. Because his spirit had got on her. Turned around and became a pillar of salt. One of the shortest Verses in the New Testament is when Jesus told his disciples, remember Lot's wife. That's all he said about her. Remember Lot's wife. He who disdains instruction despises or hates his own soul. And so Lot, the, the angels told, look, you need to go here. Lot said, no, I, I, I don't want to go there. 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 <laughs> he argued with the angels about going somewhere. Did not like following instruction. Until finally, the angels had, had to submit to what God had divinely ordered on earth. They allowed Lot to have his own choice. God don't put, try to force you to do. And so Lot wanted to go somewhere else. And so the angels say, it's your choice then. We done told you where to go. But if that's your choice, go. He chose against God's will. Oh, God. Y'all hold on now. Lord Jesus, I'm finna bring out some. Lord. I'm trying to show you the importance of, of making sure you keep your soul in check. So Lot got sick. And his daughter found some, some, some wine, something to drink that Jesus didn't make. <laughs> got their daddy drunk. Got him real drunk to the point to where his soul got stirred in the wrong way. And so the daughters, even though Abraham had taught Lot, Lot right, the daughters said, look, we're going to have to go in here 
and have some sex with our dead. Oh, y'all grown folk don't act like that. If we're going to preserve seed. Baby, come on, there's a whole lot of men somewhere. The blood's still going to be in you. They ignored divine instruction. Went in and had sex with their daddy. And he got both of his girls pregnant. All stem from their soul not being checked. And the girls being selfish. Boy, quiet in here like I ain't even talking no about. And he died. But he died, but his, the perversion. Was in his daughters. Which in turn, as, as time went on, was in his grandchildren. His seed was perverted just like he was. Perverted. Simply because he didn't keep his soul in Check. I hope you've been following me this whole time as I get ready to close. If you like the if you love the pastor, tell I love the pastor. And I've been following him. Ask that person, have you been following him? The generous or unselfish soul shall be made rich Paul said the things that were here before time were given for our learning and you can especially consider that when it comes to the Bible in hindsight when you consider 3 John 2 John's wish, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul does. He had to understand things that Solomon said about the soul in the book of Proverbs. He had to understand. Just, just like how right now I've took you to Proverbs and I'm concluding with 3 John 2. Originally, he, he wrote it to Gaius. But when it became canonized, it was for the whole church. It was for everybody. And, and, and you can see it uh, prophetically in that he called, after talking about Gaius in 3 John 2 and 1, he then in verse 2 opens up. 
the verse by saying, beloved. A reference that, yes, can be used to address a person. But a reference that was used to address saints in all of the book of in all the books that John wrote, especially. So yes, it was personal, but it was also prophetic. Beloved, I want you to prosper. I want you to be blessed, happy, productive, well off. In all things. I want, I, I want to be able to look and see that you are well. When it comes to everything. I even want to see it when it comes to your, your health. I want to see that you're 80 but you're still getting around good. I don't want you to have a, a full of money but you can't even get out to bed to spend it. I want you to prosper and be in health. I don't want you talking about you got, you got a car to drive every day of the week but you can't even drive one. I want you to prosper. I want you to prosper. I want you to have good health. But again, it's based upon the soul prospering first. His wish for Gaius, and when it became canonized, God's wish for us is the same. Synonymous. God wants you to prosper. And be in hell even as your soul does prosper. But it's got to start with your soul. God wants to load you down with benefits. He wants to make sure you get your heart's desire. But it's got to start by putting your soul in check and delighting yourself in him. Is that Bible? If you delight yourself in me, I will give you the desires of your heart. What's the message? Basically, just put God and all that pertains to him, number one. And watch him bless every aspect of your life. Say to your neighbor, you got to be selfless and not selfish. That's what we see in the text. You got to be selfless and not selfish. That means that, that you have to be willing to do whatever God would have you to do. You can't get mad about God telling you to do certain things. You just got to learn to do what, what, what our mama, some of, some of us, our mama, our grandmamas and, and, and great grannies and great granddaddies taught us. Say yes, ma'am, and say yes, sir, and go ahead and put it into action. 
Boy, empty that trash. Yes, sir. You cut that grass yet? Yes, sir. You did it even though you, did, you didn't want to do it. Did it even though you, you didn't want to be out there in that heat. You did it because it was right. And when you do it because it's right and you are a selfless person, you're going to prosper. I said you're going to prosper. Don't just try to keep everything for yourself. It's 10 of them. You can't use all 10 of them. Let somebody have at least one and a half. Don't try to keep all the stuff. Let somebody have some of it. You know, folk give me pies and cakes and, and different things. I don't mind giving somebody a slice. I don't mind giving them, I mean, a slice. What is it going to hurt for me to give L. Jackson a slice? I still can't. <laughs> you can't be. You got to be to the point to where when God tells you to do something, you just got to do it. You just got to do it. And understand this in my clothes. God wants you to prosper. You're holding on and be in health even as your soul does prosper. I got one question for you and I want you to really, I'm, this is what I want you to take home with you. Who can stop his wish from happening for you? The only person that can really stop his wish from happening for you is you. I, I don't care how many bad reports you, you get. If you remain selfless and just do what God tells you to do, you're going to prosper. You're going to prosper. You got to have in your mind, it, it doesn't matter what happened. As long as you in God's will, you're going to prosper. Nobody can stop you from getting a, I don't care if you lose 10 jobs, but you got to be doing right on them jobs now, understand? But as long as you do right, you're going to prosper. You, you ain't going to have to beg, steal. No, you're going to prosper if you just do right. That's all it takes. Do it right. You're going you to prosper. It's not going to be on your timetable. It's going to be on his, his timetable. Amen? Amen. I'm going to stop right there. Let's get the Lord a hand of praise.